What is going on, football fans? Back at it with our second podcast, uh, Mike and Tana Talking Sports. I think that's what we named it, if I'm not mistaken. We'll have it up on the uh, on, on the Spotify platform again and uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. So hopefully you guys are listening and checking it out. Glad to have Mike back. We're going to talk about a bunch of things today. There's a ton of Giants topics to talk about. Obviously, we center our channels around the Giants. And we're going to finish it up with what I think is a really interesting topic that Mike wanted to bring to the table, the quarterback carousel of the upcoming 2022 season all the quarterbacks who may be looking for new destinations and all the teams that may be looking to bring in new quarterbacks. But what's going on, Mike? I'm good. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Celebrates and uh, Happy New Year, of course. It's the holidays. I was telling you, it doesn't feel like the holidays, but we're here. It is December 24th, apparently. So here we are. We got the Knicks and Nets playing on Christmas. That'll probably ruin our day. So that's that's probably <laughs> not good for us. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, with uh, yeah, the Nick the Knicks uh, Knicks fans on Twitter yesterday were celebrating because Kemba Walker dropped like fifty points, but the team lost <laughs> to the Wizards. Yeah. The team's a mess, fourteen and eighteen, but hopefully they uh, knock off uh, the Hawks, who's kind of like our forced rival. Like I feel like Knicks Knicks fans are trying to find a rival because the team hasn't had one in forever. But um, based off the uh, playoff series last year, so I am looking forward to that. Like you said, Christmas kind of like really crept up on me as well this year. I don't know the reasoning behind it. Maybe it's because we stay busy on our channels. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the pandemic. Um, but want to jump into a couple of things, you know, with the Giants. There was so much, so many interesting things that came out over the last three or four days. We were actually going to do this podcast like two days earlier, but I said, let's wait. And good thing that we did because um, we got a lot to talk about. You got the Tyler Dunn article, which is what we're going to start with. We will also touch on Kevin Abrams, um, you know, Lawrence Tynes coming out and kind of promoting him to be the next GM for the New York Giants and us giving our overall opinion on that. Um, and then we'll also t- uh, t- uh, turn to the, uh, the the new quarterback for the New York Giants, Jake Fromm. We'll give our initial impression on him. But, Mike, let's start with the Dune article. Um, and before I start bringing up the quotes, like what was just like your overall thought process when you, when you saw this whole bombshell come out? <laughs> well, when you read it, it's not much of a surprise. And I didn't read everything word for word. I skimmed over a lot of it, but a lot of really good Giants Twitter accounts put out the important quotes about it. And we saw about the whole Russell Okung thing. We saw about, you know, McAdoo wanting to trade up for Mahomes and really just like banging on the table for, for wanting him. He didn't care how much it took to get him. And as I mentioned to you, like even with Russell Okung, it could have been like a ripple effect because if the Giants did sign Russell Okung, they may have avoided Nate Solder because Okun was still playing well at that time. So um, thanks to Chris Mara, that never happened. And yeah, there was a lot of things that were just kind of confirmed. We had that belief for a long time that Eli Manning was kind of forced on Gettleman, but Gettleman also like kind of was just, he was kind of just like for keeping Eli Manning just to like, get the job. I feel like we kind of knew that. So um, just a lot of stuff that confirmed what we thought. And it is sad reading a lot of that because just so much could have been different. We saw that, you know, one giant scout loved uh, Nick Chubb, the Bear, uh, the Browns running back. So that could have been different. Not saying we would have taken him second overall, obviously. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of things in there that could have gone a different way. It could have been a much better outcome. But um, it is what it is. So it, it was a pretty sad article for me to read. I'll put it that way. Yeah, top to bottom, it made the whole organization look pathetic, which we didn't really <laughs> need the article to tell us that. We've been the worst team in football outside of the Jets over the last decade. Um, but I do think some of the quotes, specifically the one that you said about McAdoo, like really – hammers home just how passionate um, uh, uh, McAdoo was uh, for bringing in Pat Mahomes to this New York Giants football team, which obviously didn't come to fruition. And I I think it goes to show you uh, why McAdoo in the end, at least in my opinion, was spiteful and and started Geno Smith kind of to embarrass the New York Giants organization. I I really believe that's why he did what he did, but he probably felt like that he didn't have the best opportunity to um, get the job done as head coach because he felt like the Giants weren't 
willing to go in the right direction at, at, at that point in time. And obviously, if we took Mahomes, that's a conversation we could have for three hours about what this team may look like, even though Mahomes may not be the same quarterback here, but he'd definitely be a dramatic improvement over what we've had. Um, you know, obviously one of the top three or four most talented quarterbacks in the sport. So it is what it is. Can't live in the past. But let's start with that one. To me, that quote is like um, – that, that quote is just like so eye-popping when I read it um, it from the article. And here, here's what it was. Got these from MYG Daily, by the way, who was kind enough to post. Because uh, I think it was like a paid article. So I guess he paid for it and, and then posted all the all the quotes on Twitter. I actually, Mike, by the way, I'm just thinking about this as I'm talking to you. I had a guy, I had a guy on my YouTube channel when I made a video about this. He said to me, you have a giant YouTube channel. And you and you couldn't just pay for the article because I because I quoted like that MYG Daily posted the quotes. He's like, not enough super chats. I'm like the guy. I'm like before I even read the the article, the guy had already posted everything. Why would I then go and pay for the? I just thought that was fun. <laughs> now people are nice enough to like. I'm not a uh, athletic subscriber, and sometimes people are kind enough to like post like different paragraphs from the articles. I'm sure the writers hate that, but for people like me that don't want to pay the few dollars a month, cause I'm just a cheap person. Um, that is nice to have, of course. So thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Person. I don't know who the hell Tyler Dune is. So, right, exactly. <laughs> so if, if somebody's going to post it, you know, yeah, I mean that, that I, don't, I don't really have much interest in reading his content after that, but here's the quote coming out from um, about Ben McAdoo into the next offseason, One source recalls McAdoo being infatuated with a young quarterback out of Texas tech named Pat Mahomes which we knew as Giant fans, this, this has already come out before. McAdoo saw Brett Favre in Mahomes, which that that's that's high praise. Brett Favre, one of the most naturally gifted uh, in terms of arm talent quarterbacks ever, um, and loved everything he witnessed at the quarterback's pro day. When asked about him in one of the final pre-draft meetings with Mara, present, one source remembers McAdoo saying, I want to get him, F-U-C-K-I-N-G, I want to get my hands on him. Um, so pretty direct there. Picks, players, whatever it took. Of course, Mahomes was a difficult prospect for all the scouts to read. You may remember Buffalo Bills owner Terry Pagula trying and failing to get evaluators to believe. So we kind of knew, Mike, but that like really showed just how much um, McAdoo wanted to bring this guy in. Yeah, exactly. And, and just thinking about it, like, I can't believe this um, this sentence is about to come out of my mouth, but I kind of feel bad for Ben McAdoo. He was in this situation where – he pretty much knew Eli Manning was not who we used to be. I think we started to realize that around the time when he got benched for Geno Smith. Maybe that was the right decision. I don't know. Of course, it sucked. You didn't want to see it be for Geno Smith, of all people. But um, I feel bad for McAdoo because he just wasn't given a shot to get his own quarterback. And if he really had the evaluation that Patrick Mahomes would be this special or just somewhere around this special, and let's say in this parallel universe that McAdoo's not fired and the Giants do get um, Pat Mahomes in 2017, and then he starts in 2018 and has a similar career to what he's having now. Obviously, the Chiefs are a much better team than we are, but you would assume that Mahomes would still be a top 10 quarterback based on just talent alone. And you so, can also, by the way, Mike, make an argument that McAdoo may have had a lot of success with him. He had a lot of success with Eli as the offensive coordinator when he first yeah. took the job. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you could argue Eli may have had, well, two of his three best statistical seasons when ba Ben McAdoo was calling plays. So, yeah, in a way, I, I kind of feel like McAdoo was given a raw deal there, but that's just the way the Giants have been ran. And, um, you know, of course, John Mara has that love for Eli Manning that we all understand. But I, I do think sometimes these teams just 
make wrong decisions. Like they keep players for too long. I think someone's made the comparison of, of Kobe Bryant with the Lakers at the end of his career of taking too many shots and the team couldn't move on in time. And sometimes it hurts the team. Like I think we know by now keeping Eli in, in 2017, 18, 19, well, just 18 and 19 wasn't the best move. Even, even when the Giants took Eli back in 2019, he was like a $20 million cap hit and he started four games. It was like, what's two, the point uh, Well, really, it would have been two, but Jones right. got hurt. Yeah, um, Jones got hurt, quote unquote. But yeah, I, it just didn't make sense. So yeah, I kind of yeah, yeah. feel for McAdoo. The um, the 2017 season, obviously, I under, completely understood why Eli came back. He just went to the playoffs. Um, so that I'm completely on board with. The 2018, I think, is when you you should have started the rebuild. Um, and I think we all agree with that. Whether that meant trading Eli to another team, I I get that you can't just cut Eli. But and you and you don't want to force a quarterback pick, but we can't live in the past. But I'm in agreement with you. I think after 2017, they had to start to think about the future. And like you said, they could have been forward thinking like the Chiefs, like the Chiefs when they had Alex Smith on the team. Alex Smith was still the starter the next year, and, and they were a really good team with Alex Smith as the starter. I think they ended up winning the AFC West. They definitely went to the playoffs. Um, and the Giants could have done something like that just just because they wanted to draft Pat Mahomes didn't mean they had to move on from Eli that next year. He could have been the guy that was going to come in, and I think that's probably the way that McAdoo felt. Um, you know, when, when he wanted Mahomes, I think it would have been a similar situation, um, or at least that would have been the plan going into the year, right? If, it, you know, if the team completely folded, then obviously we would have saw Pat Mahomes at some point that season. But it is what it is, and, and it just goes to show you that, yeah, the, the Giants did a very poor job, obviously, and that's one of several instances in this uh, article where, you know, the Giants did a really poor job of analyzing the talent around the NFL. Um, the other point that really hit home with me, you talked about the Okun thing. I'm not even going to bring up the quote, but – Basically, in the quote, um, it came out that Russell Okun basically was going to be a giant. And Chris Mara said that um, I think his agent, Okun's agent, basically, or his ex-agent, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Okun was an asshole. <laughs> and that's yep. why we didn't sign the guy. Yeah. Um, that's not, I don't know. It, it bothers me, honestly, because as I said, it, it could have avoided Nate Solder. And Okung played at a high level in, in 2016 through 2018. And if that signing happened, I mean, who knows what would have happened? You know, Eli Manning could have avoided uh, Eric Flowers at left tackle towards the end of his career. Like a lot could have happened there if the Giants signed uh, Okung, who was a good left tackle. So to know that Chris Mara was the guy to step in and, and not make that happen uh, just makes it even worse. And it kind of confirms uh, what we already knew about Chris Mara. So not what you want to see. Yeah. And then the worst part of it for me, again, is something that I think we both knew before this article came out. And it's why I personally tried to give Dave Gettleman as much of an opportunity um, as I did. You know, I gave him up until this year because I really felt that this was the case. And it's very possible that Gettleman was for Eli, and that's why he got the job. But regardless, he wouldn't have gotten this job. And it came out and this really hit home with the fact, had he not been that guy. And and to me, it was uh, the guy that was willing to push forward with Eli Manning or Mara basically told him you're not getting the job unless you're willing to push on with Eli. And we found out how limited the GM search was. They only brought in four candidates, um, Gettleman and two in-house guys and Lewis Riddick. That's, that was the, that was the, uh, the choice. And it seems to me that um, Mara just took the first guy that was willing to do what he wanted to do, which was to try to get Eli Manning another Super Bowl, which I think explains the Saquon Barkley pick because Barkley was the guy that was going to potentially most immediately impact that offense and, and help Eli Manning that, out. So. That's the one. Um, that's like the one way I can defend the Barkley pick is that if the Giants really thought Eli had a lot of good football left in him and the team was actually good, it was just injuries that derailed 2017, is that 
if there's one position um, in football that a player coming from college can just really quickly transition to the NFL, it's running back. Like, I think we've seen that so many times. You know, look at Najee Harris this year, for instance. We've seen Ezekiel Elliott as a rookie. Um, rookie running backs all the time just come out of, you know, not out of nowhere, but they just come in and make a huge impact for offenses. Jonathan so, Taylor, two years Jonathan in Jonathan Taylor, second half of last year was, you know, amazing. So, yeah, now we see what he's doing in his second year. But, um, yeah, that's like the one defense I can use for the Barkley pick. It's just that the Giants just – didn't evaluate their roster the correct way. It was more than just, oh, these guys were injured. It was a lot more of like, oh, Eli Manning is not that good anymore. Oh, our offensive line is like horrendous. And, yeah. you know, there was a lot. So, yeah. They, they tried to fix it all in one year to give Eli a chance. They signed Soldier, like you said, to a record-breaking contract. They they drafted Hernandez in the early second round, and they, they drafted Barkley, and it didn't work out. But this was the part of the article, uh, word for word, coming out, said one source even recalls Gettleman being stunned he got the job. Of course, Gettleman, former ties to the New York Giants, was not coming off the best uh, departure from the Carolina Panthers. Um, so he was apparently stunned that he even got the job. Gettleman promised to keep Eli Manning as his starting quarterback in 2018 per one source. So he got the job. And I, I think that just cements home what what Merrill wanted and, and what he was looking for in his candidate. Like it, that to me is by far the biggest problem with this football team. And we'll talk about that more when we get into the Kevin Abrams talk, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but um, it, it's Mara not, not, not just being hands off and letting the guys that come and do what they feel is the best thing to do. Not to say that Mara necessarily forces these guys to do something, but he won't hire somebody unless they think exactly the way that he does. And the way that he's thought over the last 10 years, ain't getting the job done, Mike. And this was clearly a bad decision. Yeah, like it, I, honestly, I don't blame Gettleman. Like I know I'm I'm not much of a Gettleman fan, but if I was in his situation, I would have said the same thing. Like if I knew that John Mayer just wanted Eli Manning no matter what, I would have came in there and of said, course. "Yeah, I think Eli has years same left." Thing, even same though, thing with Joe Judge, by the way, Mike. If he knows he's not getting the job unless he says he really likes Daniel Jones, he's going to say he really likes right. Daniel Jones. If you get an opportunity at a, at a job like that. Yeah, it's it's effed up, but guys, you know, people will lie to get jobs. That's just that's just the world we live in. And yeah, if I was Joe Judge or Gettleman, I would say the same thing in those interviews to John Maris. So, um, you know, if 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 Dave Gettleman went into the 2017 GM interview and said, you know, I really like this Sam Darnold guy, let's take him number two. Is he getting the job anymore? I, you know, I don't know. It's it's I don't it's think sad so. that that's the case, but that's pretty much how it went, I think. Yeah, and and. And obviously, there was a lot more to the article. I'm sure you guys have read it if you're listening to the podcast. Um, that really showed how stubborn Dave Gettleman is, did not make him look good. Kind of a lot of things we already knew, but, um, you know, just embarrassed the New York Giants organization as a whole that much more. But that's all we got to say about that. But now I really want to turn to Abrams because um, this was like a really popular topic over Twitter the last, I don't know, two days. Lawrence Tynes came out, and this to me is like, I don't know your opinions on the matter. I think you agree with me. This to me is like a doomsday scenario. I, I would absolutely hate it if the Giants went this route. Do I understand some of the logic? Yes. But at the same time, I think it's a really bad idea. But let, let me get into some of the quotes first, and then we'll talk about it. Um, this came out from Lawrence Tynes, who publicly came out and advocated for um, uh, Abrams to be the next GM for the New York Giants. In addition to that, Jason Lock could four. I'm not going to read some of the things he said, but works for CBS Sports kind of reciprocated some of the things that Tynes had to say. This is what he said about Kevin Abrams. I would like to see Kevin Abrams be named general manager of the New York Giants, Tynes said. I say that because he's been here for a long time. All right, I'm going to stop there, and then we'll, get, we'll continue. Okay, that's my first issue with this sentence. Like, 
just because the guy's been here for a long time, to me, that's a deterrent more than something that should that that that, that should be something that I want to give him this job. We have been the worst run organization outside of arguably the Jets in the last decade. So the fact that he's been part of it does not make me want to hire him as the next general manager. Mike, if you had a failing business and you had, and, and you had like, say you had a pizzeria and you guys were the worst pizzeria in the state of New York in terms of selling pies, would you then promote the guy that was working under the manager of the store to then manage it? No, you, 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 you have to change things up. So you know, you know what you do, you get a guy from one of the better pizza stores in New York and bring him into your pizza store. But apparently John Mara doesn't feel the same way, even though it's very possible. <laughs> exactly. And listen, and I'll get into some of the reason why I, I think that some fans are okay with, if this were to happen, but to me, it's a disaster. And it's just more of, the same with John Mara. It's more of one in, one out, not do, do, doing things the way that he wants to do, the, do them rather than the right way of doing things. Um, and, and this would just be another instance of that. I, I just, yeah, I just, I hate this idea of bringing Kevin. Ab I'm going to tell you what, Mike, I'm curious to get your take on this. I would rather Dave get him and stay another year than hire Kevin Abrams. Yeah, I've said that before. I'm with you. If that if if Kevin Abrams was getting promoted and I knew that, I'd rather just keep Gettleman for one more year. And if they suck next year, then hey, then both Gettleman and Judge are gone and we can actually start over. It's just this is the problem we run into with keeping Judge is once again, like you don't want to have very big changes because, you know, we don't know who's going to want to work with Joe Judge, but you know that Kevin Abrams will. And as you mentioned, Abrams has been here since what, like 2002, like he's been here forever. And you know, he he was the guy who was behind the, the Bears trade back, apparently. So I liked hearing that. But as you said, with the, the pizzeria example, which I like, it's like why th this team has not been ran well in so long, a decade. And you want to just promote someone from in-house to to make these drastic changes that are much needed. It's just like I, I just think Mara operates too much out of fear and, and whatnot. It's like, why are you not willing to go outside the organization? There are great candidates out there. I mean, people are just crazy for ed dodd now apparently which is a guy i think would be great for this job but like we're gonna go with kevin abrams over that or, or someone else from a great organization like i just don't know what kevin abrams really accomplishes here like does does much change i know that he's not the same person as gentleman maybe they see things a little differently but he's also been with this team for a long time and he's kind of stuck in those those giant ways and that's just not what I want. I want someone to come in here and completely just start fresh and, and bring in a new voice. And if you keep Abrams, that probably means most of the other guys in the front office are staying as well. And it just feels like the same crap, just minus Gettleman, which I guess would help. But like, does it help a lot? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, th this is this is like the argument that I, I hear from some people about Joe Judge. And they say, well, since Joe Judge has been here, the drafting has been better. And, and the way I look at this is if you – if it, that's basically what it is to me. Like, like essentially you're saying, judge, we're going to let you make decisions next year. And you're going to essentially at least be the co-GM for this football team and continue to evaluate the talent and bring it in. And I hear people say, well, the drafting has been so much better over the, over the last two years. I'm actually, I'm not going to say it hasn't been, but I don't know it has been. And I'm going to explain why in 2018, in 2019, a year later, people were saying it was a good draft. People were saying yeah. PJ Hill tied the rookie sack record. Lorenzo Carter finished the year really strong. He looks pretty good. McIntosh, if he could ever get on the field, he's got some upside. Um, Saquon Barkley, rookie of the year. He looks great. Um, Will Hernandez, Will Hernandez. Yeah. really, really promising guard. So we cannot evaluate these draft classes yet. Is Andrew Thomas going to be good? Yes, I fully believe that. But that's a pick that, like, 
you were Mika to me. Like, it was obvious that we needed to take a tackle. They were picking fourth overall. So I'm not going to give them too much credit for that. McKinney looks good, kind of fell in their lap. And I actually remember there was a report that came out that Gettleman actually, and maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm not remembering properly. I, but think, I think I think you're right. I know where you're Gettleman going with this, and I think you're right. convinced us not to trade down to take McKinney, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. So I, I, there is no proof to me that Judge has been this incredible talent evaluator because I think that's what you're doing. It's for stability, and I'm not buying it, man. I'm, I'm just not buying it. I don't want to prevent bringing the best general manager candidate for a head coach that at times has looked lost on the field. I recognize, like Daniel Jones, Judge has not been given the best opportunity to succeed, but the most important part of this team right now is having the guy that could build it properly, and I'm not letting a head coach like Joe Judge prevent that. That's my mindset on it. Um, I understand what this hire would mean. It would mean they don't want to move on from Jones. They don't want to move on from Judge. They want to give him another year to see if they could make this thing work where you would inevitably inevitably blow it up. The one thing I will say, if they are going to do this, which I think they're going to, I think they're going to force uh, Judge on another year. He's going to stay here. If my option was Abrams or a Patriots guy, I would probably take Abrams because I think it gives you more the ability to just blow it up after one year. Mm. If, if you hired a Patriots guy, you probably got to give him a couple of years. Yeah. I was surprised when you said that at first. I was like, wait, why would you take Abrams? But no, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Of course, I think a lot can happen over the next couple months, but it just doesn't really make sense to me. You know, I, I don't know why judge has to stay. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, the off seasons have been better. The process, the thought process has been, has been better since judge has been here, but that should not be a reason to keep the head coach. This guy's not a GM. He's a head coach. If he's lost on the sidelines, then like, why are you a head coach? Like it, it shouldn't be like the, the reason you should be a head coach should not be like, because you have competent off seasons. That should not be the reason your head coach should stay. He should be, he should stay because he's actually a good head coach. Like we don't know if judge is a good head coach right now. And based on what we've seen this year, he's not. So can he improve? Sure. He's not even 40 years old yet. He's got a lot of time to improve. But from what we've seen from year one to year two, a lot of red flags there, I must say. So I'm with you. I, I, I guess in that situation where it's, you know, Patriots GM or or just promote Abrams, I, I guess you'd promote Abrams in that situation, although I hate it. But I hate um, both that, scenarios. Yeah, they suck. Right. I mean, yeah. there's there's a much better outcome sitting out there, but we're not going to take it's it. It's kind of so. like voting for the president. You hate both candidates. <laughs> you got to pick the, the worst of the exactly. Two. Yeah. So for I mean, me, the, the option that allows me to get out of all of it after uh, in a quicker time period is the better option of the two, because I don't think either option is good. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't want that. You know, I, I, I want to bring in an outsider. And if he likes judge, keep judge. But I want to give him that opportunity uh, to choose choose that coach. I certainly don't want a guy that's been with this organization for 20 years that has at least been a part of the decision-making. I mean, for God's sake, she's been the assistant GM for 20 years. You tell me the guy's been doing nothing. He even mm-hmm. came out and said during the offseason, during he had a quote I actually said in my video today, where he said he's not even the cap guy anymore. So if he's not doing that and he's not making any decisions, what is he doing? Right. So that's my take on it. I, I want no part of the guy. But uh, let me read a couple more quotes here. Um, he should have been hired the last cycle before Gettleman, and I think we would have avoided this mess that we're in. Then he goes on to say, but I think he deserves a shot to run this team. And here's how I'll say it. If we're keeping Judge, you give Abrams one year. And if it doesn't work out, you fire everyone next year. I know that's what we uh, we want to avoid, something like that. And I think he's like referring to he, we want sustainability. But I would love to see Abrams get a shot at running this team. Here's what I'll say, and then I'll let you uh, piggyback and give your opinion. To me, in that said scenario, you're essentially hiring a stopgap GM. And you're saying... 
I want to give this guy, I, he, if he's saying I want Abrams to have a real chance, that's not even giving Abrams a real chance. Like you're, you're, you're saying Abrams gets one year and if things don't turn around, then I'm going to completely blow it up. Why would you, I, it, this big, I don't like it. I understand it from the standpoint of that they are in a position where it may not be the most attractive destination to bring in the best possible GM with the cap space. The fact that it may not be the best draft class to bring in a quarterback. It's not the most attractive uh, situation for a GM. I understand it from that standpoint, but at the same time, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's a, it's like a 90% chance of failure. That's the way I feel. And if that's, and if that's what it's going to be, just move on. Like it's, it's the same thing in 2018. Rather than starting that rebuild in 2018, there was probably like a 90% chance that the team was not going to achieve the heights that they needed to to legitimize the Saquon Barkley pick. It's the same thing to me. It's funny you said 90% because I literally just typed in my notes section 95%. Like this, this decision that Tynes is putting out there is just delaying the inevitable. There's a 95% chance in my mind that the Giants are not going to be a good football team next year. Now, if they trade for Russell Wilson, sure, they'll probably be pretty good. But in this situation where, let's say, they keep Jones for another year, maybe a stopgap quarterback, the Giants are bottom five in cap space. Yes, they have draft picks, of course, but like you know, these guys are going to be rookies. How you're great banking on everybody be? staying healthy, basically, which is yeah. You're, you want Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony to stay healthy for a full season. Saquon Barkley, what are the odds of that happening? Daniel at this Jones. Point? Daniel Jones as well. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, it's like you're just delaying the inevitable because what's going to happen is you basically keep judge and promote Abrams for 2022. The Giants go five and 12 and or six and whatever the hell the record would be five or six win team. And then you're just back to like square one. Like why, why not just do it now? Why are we wasting another year of our lives for something that's going to probably happen? Cause it's all about probability. Is there a chance the Giants are great next year? Sure. Maybe, you know, 5%, 10% chance, but in all likelihood, probability wise, in, in all likelihood, the Giants are not going to make the playoffs next year. They're not going to be a great team, sadly. And, you're putting Kevin Abrams in like a horrible position, like no cap space and guys that are injury prone on this roster. Like what can you really expect this GM Abrams to accomplish in one off season? We're not like completely starting fresh. A lot of these guys are veterans returning on big deals. It's just like, you're not giving the guy a fair shot and it's going to fail. Like I don't really see a scenario where once again, unless they trade for a franchise quarterback where this team is good next year. And at that point in the 2023 off season, you're like, well, I guess we got to fire everyone, but why didn't you do it the year prior when it made more sense? And that's where it, it just bothers me. So, and, and, and then the other thing I, I I've often said, as I've thought about bringing judge back, cause I, I try to think about what some of the, the long-term effects could be. If you're bringing Judge back and you're bringing back and you're hiring Abrams rather, and he kind of knows that this is like a one-year experiment, they're not going to do the right things for the long-term success of this football team. Like Judge is going to know his job's on the line. Like I, I, I have to sell the fan base. I have to win at least eight or nine games next year. He's going to know that. And he may make the decisions that kind of like 2016 with Jerry Reese when he made decisions that really – and that'd be great for one year if it worked out and, and he made things that could help the immediate future, but could significantly impact the future of this football team. And why would you do that? Why, 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 why? I don't understand it. And I know that it's a tough sell for Mara. I understand it from his perspective because the fans have been ultra paid. Well, not, we haven't necessarily been patient, but they've had no choice, but to, to deal with this horrible product for the last 10 years. And, and he, probably finds it hard to sell the fan base on another rebuild. Um, 
But at the same time, it's, it's just a bad idea. It, it's just a bad idea because – and I don't blame Judge. I'm not going to blame Judge next year, it being that I do think he'll be like the de facto GM um, to, to think about 2022 because his ass is online. He can't have another 5-1 season. Um, it, it's, just, it's just the recipe for uh, a mess, in my opinion. Yeah, I've been saying that for a few weeks, I agree, is that – Joe Judge, he is more of a forward-thinking guy than the, the previous regime and all that, the previous two, I should say. But Joe Judge does realize that if he has a bad year next year, he's out. So he's more inclined to trade for that franchise quarterback and give up a ton of draft picks. Like Seattle, if, if Russell Wilson's really available, they might get an absolute haul from the Giants that might screw up the Giants' draft picks for the next two or three years. And yes, Russell Wilson's a tremendous talent, obviously. He can get you to the playoffs you know, by himself, really. But you don't want to have no draft picks either. Like that's going to be detrimental to the it's about Giants, winning Super so. Bowls for me, Mike. It's not about winning yeah. eight or nine games and hoping to get lucky in the playoffs. But that's the problem. Like he's going to want to have that eight nine win season to kind of get people off his case and just be like, you know, okay, I'm here, I'm back for year four now because we just made the playoffs or had an eight nine win season. So that is the problem they run into. Whether it's you know Russell Wilson, even like a Derek Carr, like he might give up picks for a guy like that too, just to because there's reports coming out today that you know I think someone said the Giants are all in on Daniel Jones. I don't completely buy into it. It's it's kind of a wait and see for me. I so. I, I read the that I read that tweet. And then I went and did research, and may, I don't want to run the guy's name through the mud. Maybe he heard it from somewhere else, but he said on Get Up, and he said it was um, what's his name that said uh, Adam Schefter that said it. So I went on I went on YouTube and typed in Get Up Daniel Jones Adam Schefter, and a video came up from yesterday. He never said all in on Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. He said he he said that he that he thinks they will push forward with Jones. But they may still look for other outside. Uh, it's they wouldn't completely write off the fact that they may look for outside guys. And he made it sound like not like when I hear all in, Mike. I think they're ready to give him a second contract. He yeah, made it sound like right. they're they're willing to commit to him for one more year. Yeah, and that's still a maybe for me because, as you said, if a better opportunity is out there, I think the Giants would take it. I, I do think, like, obviously, Daniel Jones is not a Joe Judge guy. He was not drafted when Jones was here or Judge was here. So um, if he sees an upgrade out there and, and does believe that Derek Carr, for instance, is a much better quarterback than Daniel Jones, which I think most – well, not much better, but just better quarterback than Daniel Jones, I think most people would make that, that move. So, yeah, I don't think it's definite. He's back, and I think Judge will – possibly make moves that as you said hurt the future just to kind of save his ass in 2022 yeah i mean i would if i were him you got to think yeah. of, you got to think about keeping your job it's not you know and and i can't blame him i mean i i won't agree with it if he if he if he is ultra aggressive for a team that i don't think is going to win a super bowl anytime soon i would rather be, have a forward thinker and, and start thinking about long term um but it's something i definitely worry about especially if you promote a guy like kevin abrams um but we'll see i i think that's my biggest concern going into the offseason um we talked about the quarterback a bit. That's going to bring us to our third topic on the Giants, and then we'll jump into the, our final topic, Jake Fromm. <laughs> Jake Fromm. I can't believe that I'm doing a podcast with three weeks to go in the NFL season, and I'm actually moderately excited to see Jake Fromm play quarterback for the New York Giants. You're talking about a guy that was the fourth-string quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, um, but Mike Glennon has done it to me, Mike. Mike Glennon has he, done it. He was the uh, he was the COVID quarterback, right? He was the extra guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Mike Glennon's done it to me. I'm sick of seeing him out on the football field, and and, and it's refreshing to see something new. Um, let me get your initial impression on um, Jake Fromm and how you thought he did in in the one drive that he had last week. 
Yeah, you need to say this as a disclaimer, obviously, based on the situation, being down two scores, three minutes to go. Obviously, the Cowboys defense was kind of just in like that prevent. Let's give them the short stuff and, and whatever. But there was a big like 40 yard catch from Galladay in there. Um, I, I saw stuff I liked. It was the quick release. We saw that cool ass sidearm throws he was doing. I kind of like those like Lamar Jackson does nowadays. I, I enjoyed that. But he was very accurate. I must say, like, obviously, except for that fourth down play where he just had the all out blitz and like no one yeah. blocked type thing. But outside of that it was very accurate. Even that like in route to Farrell Cooper where it was a drop on third down put it in a great spot. So yeah, look, I, I don't think, you know, I've, I've seen some comments this week that Jake Fromm's the next Tom Brady, like, you know, stop, don't, let's not, let's not go there. But um, what I want to see from Jake Fromm, honestly, is just be good enough to be the giants backup quarterback next year. That's what I want. Like if he can come in here and show he's a competent quarterback for three games, because I'm assuming he will start every game, assuming he's healthy. I don't see them going back to Glennon unless they have to. So if Jake Fromm comes in here and plays well enough and can show he's going to be like a good backup quarterback for this team, then hey, that's that's a good a good guy to have. You know what I mean? So um, I'm I'm pretty you know as you said moderately excited for this start. It's it's much better than watching Mike Glennon. I will say like watching Mike Glennon was just awful at the end, and I'm surprised he lasted in that game last week as long as he did. I figured after that first. Um, interception not the, it might have been the second one um on the shepherd play where he missed him deep and it was a terrible pass that was intercepted um i figured he'd be benched at that moment but it took another drive or two so i think i think jake Fromm is obviously not in a great spot with this uh with this team but if he keeps making accurate throws and quick decisions and just moves the ball you know why not bring him back for 2022 you know he could be the backup quarterback so that's what i look at i don't look at him as being this 15 years starting franchise quarterback of the future maybe in some crazy scenario that happens but it's it's more so for me just finding you know maybe he's that backup quarterback we need for next year yeah same exact thought process as far as from goes i am i have no i am not even looking at him as a potential starter but i am excited like you said to analyze you know, you know, we talk about bringing in a guy that can compete with Jones, push him if we do bring Jones back. Is this the guy? You know, let, let's get a look at this guy. Like you said, I'm putting it in context, though. Like, you have a lot of fans that are super excited. I will say he looked decisive. He looked like he commanded the huddle well. Um, he made one really good throw to Galladay uh, outside of the deep ball that you mentioned where I thought he led him really well uh, in terms of the timing on the third and 10 or third and 11 where it was kind of like a, a curl route, I think it was, on the oh, sideline. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did a good job in terms of the anticipation. He threw it before the break. Um, there was two drop balls on that drive where he put the ball right where it needed to be. But like you said, put it in context. Cowboys probably in prevent. The other thing you have to take into account, they did not prepare for him to be the starter. They prepared for, obviously, Mike Glennon to be the starter. So now you're going to get three weeks of teams that are going to get more and more film on Jake Fromm over these next three weeks. You know, obviously, there's not a whole lot of film quite yet for the Eagles. I think you'll get a better test the second game um, to see – how he operates as a quarterback. A couple things in terms of the negative that stand out is stuff that we already knew. His arm is incredibly limited. Um, you know, I, I saw that with a couple of the throws that he made. He's not going to go out there and, and and thread the needle. But there's been quarterbacks before with a weak arm that are good decision makers and could at least be game managers. And maybe that's a guy that he could be. I'm willing to at least give him an opportunity. There's no reason not to as a fan. Um, and maybe, like you said, he could be a very good backup. I think that's that's my ceiling for him to like a like a guy that could come in and win you a game if if you have if you have a, a solid team around him and, and and maybe make some plays. But by no means am I going to go in with the expectations that this guy could be the future you know starting quarterback for the next two or three years. I'm not falling into that trap, uh, regardless of what he does. You know, we all remember Mike White this year with the New York Jets. 
You actually had people on Twitter, I remember when he had like two really good games that were saying, should he be the starter over Zach Wilson? Pump the brakes. <laughs> um, and then he had that four interception game. So I'm not, no matter what he does, no matter how he looks, I am not going to um, go over the top in excitement in terms of from. But I am still excited, like you said, to see if this guy could be a, a, a guy that we could depend on in terms of being a good backup going forward. Yeah, you actually, I forgot about the, the Galladay comeback ball. That was actually a really good play. You mentioned that he threw the ball before Galladay was out of his break, so that was really good anticipation. There was a, a corner route to somebody. It might have been Shepard on the top of the screen. That was like a 15-yard completion. I think it was a second throw. So, yeah, we, we saw some good stuff. He kind of reminds me of, this is probably not good coming off last night, but a little like Jimmy Garoppolo, just a good passer over the middle of the field, pretty accurate for the most part. But there's going to be times where, based on his limited mobility and athleticism and lack of arm strength, we're better things may happen but we've seen guys have great careers like that like late stage drew Brees was a good example of a guy who just found the way to just move the ball up the field and did not have a great arm in the last couple years of his career but i don't know it's, it's not impossible to succeed without a without a, without a great Chad arm Pennington. but it's Chad yeah, exactly that's oh, another God. one yeah so no. um it's possible for from but yeah i just, just kind of want to pump the brakes with the expectations but hey hopefully um, you know, I don't know if I want to win this week. Honestly, I just hope the guy plays well. I don't know what I want to happen, but it's it's a weird time being a Giants fan because I have no clue what I want. I I completely understand fans who don't want to win. It's obviously you could obviously at least make not obvious. It, it is better for the long term success. It's just the football. Eagles, right? It's just getting the Eagles out it's of the playoffs. The Eagles it's the only... getting them out of the playoffs, having the ability to sweep them for the first time since seventeen forty six. The fact that I win a hundred bucks if they win because I beat an Eagles YouTuber. No, I always I always root against the. I don't care what the situation is. Um, and and it's such a big game for the Eagles. And to me, they're our biggest rival. You could knock them out of the playoffs at least for this week if you're able to beat them. Um, and this is a game that they have penciled in as a win. So I'm definitely rooting for them to win. I'm not going to knock anybody that's rooting the other way, though, because I clearly understand at this point these wins don't do any uh, good for the team in terms of building for the future. I don't buy into that. And 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 as far as we're, we're out of playoff contention. so And Joe I, Judge. Yeah, yeah. So I understand it. I definitely understand that logic as well. I'm going to be pulling for him because I can't stand the Eagles. And – the fact that you mentioned Joe Judge, I've already accepted Judge's comeback. I'm not. It's like out of my head. Like I'm like 99.9 percent. He's going to be our coach next year. Like I, I, I don't even care if they lose the rest of the games. I'm like super confident he's going to be our coach next year. Maybe I'll be shocked, but um, yeah, I'm even. I'll tell you what, Mike. I'm even more confident that he's going to be our coach next year than I was that Gettleman was coming back coming into this year. Um, mm. at this point in the season, I was very confident that that was the case as well. I'm even more confident the Judge is going to be back next year based on all the tea leaves and everything else. So I, um, I don't like that. Why'd you say that? <laughs> it's just my opinion. I'm maybe I'll be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Um, you know, I'm a guy that usually wants stability and I, and I want to push forward, but, um, at this point, man, I, I think it's the most important thing is to, is to get the best GM possible and, um, him doing things the same way, the way he's been doing them the last nine, 10 years just ain't working. Um, so we'll see, but, um, that's going to wrap up the Giants part. We, we, I think we talked about a lot of good topics, a lot of interesting topics. I'm sure there'll be a ton of Giants stuff to talk about next week on the podcast. Maybe we'll start doing this twice a week. Uh, if people start viewing. I think we had like 250 downloads last night, which is, I guess, pretty good for a first podcast. I don't know how it works. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's jump into, uh, you know, I always want to do at least one broad NFL topic, especially with the playoffs coming up. Um, you know, during the playoffs, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about broad NFL and the interesting matchups of the week. And so maybe make some picks as well. Um, but yeah, the quarterback carousel, I think it's always an interesting topic. Last year, 
it was a really interesting topic because you knew going into the offseason that there were going to be a lot of trades. Um, you saw, obviously, Stafford get trade for God. There was there was a lot of quarterback movement last year or potential quarterback movement. Um, and, and it was such a rich quarterback draft class. This year, you don't really have that. But there's a lot of teams that could potentially be in the market for a quarterback when you really look at it. There's probably about, I think we said about, I accidentally deleted the, oh no, there it is. We said, I think it was 13 teams. We said the Saints, the Broncos, the Giants, the Steelers, the Browns, the Texans, the Raiders, the Eagles, Washington, Lions, Seahawks, Falcons, and Panthers. So there's like 13 teams that potentially could be moving on from the quarterback that they currently have. And whether or not that's going to be a trade, free agency, the draft. So I thought it'd be an interesting topic to talk about where we think some of these quarterbacks could land and some of the uh, interesting landing spots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we can go down the list right now and kind of just say whether you think the 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 quarterback right now will be back next year. So if you want to do that, we can do that. Like, yeah, do you think, let's start uh, with the Saints. Um, obviously, the okay. Saints right now, you got Taysom Hill, who they gave a big extension to, which <laughs> boggled my mind. Um, and, and you obviously have Jameis Winston, who got hurt. Um, who was doing well. I, 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 his yardage didn't really match his touchdowns, but he had like 14 touchdowns, three picks. And he's, it's obviously a great uh, circumstance there for him to succeed. He stayed there as the backup. Um, what do you think there? Do you think they stick with Winston? He is a free agent at the end of the year. You think they look draft? Do you think they look uh, potential trade? I think Winston's the fallback option. I, I really do think Sean Payton's going to look to acquire, you know, a big fish, I will say, whether it's Russell Wilson or, um, you know, somebody else like that, Deshaun Watson. Um, but if if he can't find an improvement, I think it's going to be Jameis Winston. That's that's my guess. He's coming off the ACL. He injured that, I think, in October. You would think most guys by that point should recover for week one. So that's a wait and see. But yeah, Winston was fine. You mentioned it. His yeah, yardage to touchdown percentage did not really match up. But the guy was playing well for the most part. We did beat him in, in New Orleans, which was nice. But he, he was having a good year. We always beat him. Yeah. That's the one quarterback <laughs> we could beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I think Jones beat him twice. Eli beat him once at the end of his career. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, I, I Winston's an interesting one for me because Winston's always been a guy that I thought had a lot of talent. He went first overall to Florida State, and he had that one year where he had 33 touchdowns, but he threw 30 picks with the Bucs. <laughs> um, and he's, he's in such an ideal circumstance. And I do think he was trending towards getting an extension with the Saints before he had the ACL injury. Now that he has the ACL injury, you're obviously not going to get a long-term extension from, from the Saints. And my guess is his market – well, there will be some market for him out there There because there's so many teams desperate for a quarterback. I don't see it being more than like a one-year offer. So if the Saints are willing to bring him back on a similar deal, say one-year, $10 million, something like that, I think he's in the ideal circumstance because you have Sean Payton, you have the great offensive line, um, you play in a dome. So I, I think it's a good spot for him. And I, I think much like Bridgewater, he's not going to be looking to move on unless he sees an opportunity where he could get a multi-year deal like Bridgewater got um, with the Denver Broncos. I think he got a three uh, with the Panthers rather before he was traded, I think, to the Broncos. He got a three-year deal. Um, and I don't see that happening for Winston. So my guess, like you said, I think it's either they, they try to trade for a big fish or they push forward with Winston. Um, I do don't think they're going to draft a quarterback, or at least that's the way I feel right now. I think it'll be somebody like Russell Wilson or Winston will be the guy going forward. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I, and they won't have like a crazy high draft pick either, so they would have to probably trade up to get somebody. So and it's not worth that's it awesome. in this draft. Yeah, it's not mm -hmm. worth it. Um, next up is the Broncos. Uh, we'll talk about them. I think they're kind of the same boat for me, Mike. I think they're a team that probably feels like they're a quarterback away from being able to win a Super Bowl. Like unlike the Giants, they have. All the they're, they're kind of like the way they were built, um, similarly to before they acquired Peyton Manning. 
Like they, if yeah. they have that great quarterback, they are instantly a Super Bowl threat. Um, if they could get a top tier quarterback, if they could get Aaron Rodgers, if they could get Russell Wilson, um, and I do think they will make a strong push to try to get um one of those big name quarterbacks, whether it be Deshaun Watson, whether it be Russell Wilson, or Aaron Rodgers, if he becomes available, which I, in the end I don't think he will, but. The Broncos, to me, are a desirable location with all the young weapons they have. They have a really strong defense. You play in the thin air. Um, I, I I like Denver, and and I actually think they will be moving on from Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater lands somewhere else, um, probably as a starter that may compete with a struggling young quarterback or a rookie quarterback that is brought in. Similar to, um, you know, what what I think with Carolina, that was probably the initial plan when he came in eventually, what they were going to end up doing, drafting a quarterback to compete with him. I think it'll be something similar to that. I don't see him getting another three-year deal, but that's what I foresee there. I do think Denver's going to actually end up with one of these big quarterbacks. Now I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I think they will make a play, and you know, you look at their roster; it's really good. And and I mean, up and down, it is. It's terrific, and they're they're just missing a quarterback. We know how important that is. Like you know, they have a really good roster, but they're like an eight-nine win team every year. It feels like now. So if if you plopped Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos right now, that's a 12, 13 ish win team. They're, maybe. A, Super like Bowl, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender instantly. Exactly. Yeah. So and you look at this division; they know they have to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert for another decade at least. They they need somebody. I, I don't think they're going in there saying like, oh, let's just get another stop gap guy like that's not going to do much for him they know they have to make a play for a big guy maybe it is Deshaun Watson I don't know I think they actually like I think right now based on the odds they are the leaders to get Russell Wilson if he's traded so I mean you know take that for what you will but um I do think they make a play for someone big I, I think they get somebody and they've shown in the past they're willing to do that you know yeah. they did, like I said they did it with Peyton they have not been able to uh find a long-term man the, the last first round quarterback they drafted I think was Tim Tebow Paxton Lynch <laughs> Yeah, Paxton Lynch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and Brock Osweiler. I mean, you it, look it, at look at the they quarterbacks they've had since. I mean, Osweiler, Simeon, uh, Flacco, uh, who was the Vikings guy? Keenum. I mean, they have had such a bad list of quarterbacks post Peyton Manning. So I feel bad for them. It's been a disaster over there. I, mean, I don't feel bad for them because they they should feel <laughs> bad for us. But yeah. um I I think they are by far the most probable team that is going to add a, a proven commodity at the quarterback position this offseason. Um, Giants, I'll briefly touch on them. I do think Jones is going to be back. Um, and I, But I do think they will add a solid backup. Like, I think it'll be similar to the situation Denver had going into this year, where you will have a legitimate guy that could push Jones. Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, Teddy Bridgewater, somebody. I think it'll be a very strong, like one of the better backups in the league, I think will be the Giants backup next year. But I do think going in Jones will be the, the projected starter. I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I think, as we mentioned before, Judge knows that they have to put up numbers next year in terms of in the win column. So I don't know if he wants to go that way, but I also don't know if the Giants will kind of mortgage their future to trade for a, a great quarterback. So, you know, we've listed three teams now, and all of them want great quarterbacks. So we're going to get to a point where there's not enough guys out there, and the Giants might be that odd team out. As much as I would love Russell Wilson on the Giants, I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm trying not to get my hopes up. I think the more likely outcome is kind of what you said. I think Jones is probably back next year. They may test the market and see, like, hey, what could we get type of thing. But I think in all likelihood, he's probably back, and – you know, whether they like the problem is with the Giants, though, they don't have they don't have a lot of cap space. So like how much of a great I think you can still get a pretty good backup like Bridgewater. I think only got like four and a half, five million. Three, like yeah, I, yeah. I was looking at some. I, I think they could bring in a strong backup 
for like five or six million dollars. And I think they could do do things some things on their roster where they could make make enough money to be able to do something like that. Yeah, push some more money down the road. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. I, I, um, I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary. You have to bring in so you can't just roll out the red carpet for Jones next year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like they've done, which I've actually agreed with up until this point. But I, I, I said next- that coming in. I said that coming into this year. I, I wanted yeah. uh, Jacoby Brissett this year, but you know. I was actually in favor with Brissett too because it was ties yeah. to Judge. I just thought it made so much sense. Um, and I think it would make sense next year as well. At least he's a guy that you know could come in and compete. Um, so I, I'd be completely for a guy like Brissett next year, and he probably wouldn't cost too much. He um, has the um, Shaplinsky too. He knows from New England. Coach. I'm yeah, sure they work with, together. Yeah. Same with Garoppolo, but Garoppolo's got too much high, too high of a salary. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I, I think that's what they're going to ultimately end up doing. I especially with the injury history with Jones, I think they're going to know they can't bring in unless the unless like we said, maybe Fromm sells him and that's their backup. But <laughs> in the end, I think Jones will be will be back. I don't think it's trending towards that the Giants will draft a quarterback. So that that's yeah. the way I feel right now. Steelers, however. I do think they're going to draft the quarterback. I I, I do think they're going to draft the quarterback. And I think the quarterback that makes the most sense, if he's there or if they trade up his pick, naturally plays for Pitt. Um, (laughs) He just seems like the type of quarterback that that, that they would look for. I don't know. I just get that vibe. Um, So I I do think – this. I don't know which guy it will be, but if I had to guess, I'll say Pickett if he's available. Um, But I do think the Steelers will be drafting a quarterback. I think Ben will be retiring. And the Steelers are typically a team that does not look to be a free agency – um, I they like to build through the draft, and I do think they'll they will be drafting an early quarterback. Yeah, you, you said it based on the way the Steelers have built their team for a long time, it's always through the draft. And uh, I was gonna say Pickett, so it's funny you went that way. I just think based on where he plays right now, um, it makes the most sense in the world. Would they have to trade up and get him? Probably, I, I, I think Pickett's gonna be somewhere in the top five, maybe. So, um, the Steelers may have to trade some picks to do that. They've done it before, they traded some picks for Minka Fitzpatrick and some other guys, I'm sure. So, um, it's something they could do. It depends what team wants to trade back. Could the New York Giants be one of those teams that have two top? Yeah. Five picks, maybe maybe the Giants get a lot from Pittsburgh to you know so they can trade up and get Kenny Pickett. But um, listen, it's not set in stone. But I, I just feel Jets. like that's a good fit for them. Jets too. They could. Yeah, that's true. They got two. Picks, the, Je- yeah. the Jets always look to trade. It looks like with their yep. picks. So um, and they got they got two high picks. So yeah, Jets or Giants, I think make the most sense if they're looking to come up and get their guy. And I, out of all the teams on this list, to me, they're probably the most probable to draft a quarterback. Um, yeah. The and Browns are interesting to me, and I Go think ahead. they extended um, Mayfield on the fifth-year option, um, if I'm not mistaken. I would move on from Mayfield if I could. Like, if there was a deal where I could get Russell Wilson or if I could get Aaron Rodgers, because I think they're they're built very similar to the Broncos, where if they could get that quarterback, they're instantly a Super Bowl contender. I think they're going to stick with Mayfield, though. This is an organization that drafted him first overall. He has won football games there even though I personally don't think Mayfield's any better than Daniel Jones. I, I really don't. I'm not a big Mayfield guy. Um, does not jump off the page to me at all. I think he's in quarterback heaven, and he has not done enough for me to justify keeping him there long-term, and that's a team that is built to win now. I would try to be aggressive this offseason. I think Mayfield's going to be back. I don't think – at least for one more year. I don't know if he'll get an extension after that, but going into next year, I expect Mayfield to be back with the Browns. He's been banged up this year. They could certainly use that as an excuse for why he is not – um, performed as well. He's been playing with an injury. People have talked about that. So uh, my guess is Mayfield sees a fifth year with the Browns. 
Yeah, I'm with you for the most part. We differ on Baker. We always have. I, I like Baker. I think he's a good player. Um, we saw last year when he was healthy, he put up really good numbers. You can. It's two things. You can choose to believe the injuries making Mayfield play like crap, or he's just not that good. I, I choose to believe the injuries are really hurting the way he's playing this year, and I do think he'll be back next year. Now, you mentioned it. The Browns have a really good roster up and down, so if they can make an upgrade, I think they will. They're not like you know tied into Mayfield for another five years. It's you know the fifth-year option here, so if they can make a big upgrade, I think they will but in all likelihood i think baker's back next year and i think if he's healthy he puts up good numbers does he get a big contract extension that's the tough part we have to see about that in the future but we'll, we'll see but i think baker's pretty good when he's healthy so i think baker he'll be back to next me year. baker to me i don't want to make it sound like i think he's horrible i just think he's in a spot where i could see most average quarterbacks looking yeah. good mm -hmm. yeah, and, that's and true. it's kind of like dak to me where i i think dak's better than mayfield but it's kind of like like when you look at Dak, and I'm not—I know people may think I'm biased because he's a cowboy. That's good, uh, but let me start off by saying that Dak's only had one year in his whole career where he's had a QB rating over 100, and he's only had one year in his whole career where he's thrown over 30 touchdowns. Um, and Dak, to me, if he's not in that Dallas situation, is not near the quarterback. And I feel the same way about Baker Mayfield. And I don't think Mayfield is the type of guy that is going to get me to the promised land. And if I have that opportunity to get that guy. I personally would not extend Mayfield after his contract's up. Maybe franchise tag him, do the Kirk Cousins-like thing. Um, but I just don't view him as like a Super Bowl caliber quarterback unless you have an incredible team around him. Um, I don't view him as a guy that elevates his teammates. So that's just my take on Baker Mayfield. I think he's he, a, he's he's tough to evaluate because, you know, he had the rookie season where the team stunk, put up a great year. I think he won, well, not rookie of the year. He was thrown off to Saquon, but great rookie year. Second year when they got Odell, you know, Baker was bad. I think a lot of it was, you know, Freddie Kitchens in the offense and the offensive line was terrible. Then year three puts up the great numbers. I forget what Baker's numbers were last year. Like it was great. Five and six. Or, he, had, he, had a, yeah. he had a very good touchdown interception. Really good. Really good ratio there. And then year four is this year. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's the injuries once again. Maybe it's not, but then year five. So we've had two pretty, like two really good or pretty good Baker Mayfield years and two down Baker Mayfield years. So it's like, I think we just play out year five and see what happens. That's that's what I think they do. I agree with you. I think that's what's gonna happen. Houston's up next. I think they move on from Watson. So I'm gonna have to pick a spot for Watson with these remaining teams. <laughs> um, I do think they will trade Watson, and they're gonna get a ton of draft capital if they do it. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he does play with the Texans, but. I would guess they probably trade him if they can. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for them to keep watching at this point. I think they're that bad. I shouldn't say it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. But I think they're that bad. I think Watson's going to force his way out of there, and I do think it's in the best interest of that team to get as much draft capital as they possibly can. Um, so I do think they will trade Watson. I'm going to have to think of a team where I think Watson's going to end up. Um, and I actually think when push comes to shove, they're going to reach on a quarterback. I, I think they're going to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. Um, this is where we disagree, finally. <laughs> yeah, so you think they stick with Watson? I, th I think I think, no, I, th I think it's Davis Mills. I think they stick with Davis Mills for another Interesting. Year. You think they go, yeah. oh, you know what? Mm, you might have talked about it. Think, no, think about it. This was the first. So they didn't have a pick the Texans in the first two it's, rounds. You know, I'm just thinking as you said that. I'm just thinking as you said yeah. that. It reminds me the of the Jaguars when they, when they rolled with um, Minshew. Um, they meant yeah. you until they drafted the Lawrence. Mm -hmm. So I could see something like that. It's not a, it, maybe they will stick with Mills. The way I look at it is like the Texans didn't uh, have a pick the first two rounds, thanks to Bill O'Brien, of course. And this was the first pick ever made by Nick Casario, Davis Mills. So they had to like him a good amount. And he was a guy that I think in his first freshman year at Stanford, 
was drawing some really like high praise. He was getting some Andrew Luck hype, and and you know it made no sense. Obviously, looking back on it, but he's a decent quarterback. He's a guy I liked personally. I'm not like a quarterback evaluator, but I was like, oh, this guy can play. And so far, he's actually looked kind of good. I feel like he's earned year two, and you know maybe they maybe they do reach for somebody. It wouldn't shock me, but I just feel like if I had to guess right now, I think it's Davis Mills for at least another year. I think that's probably the better alternative. Um, being that I don't think there's an incredible quarterback in this draft class. So not you bring up Mills. You might have sold me on that, Mike. I know <laughs> I I could maybe they draft a quarterback in the second round. Um if one of them falls that they have they have a relatively high grade on. But that would drive me crazy. If I was a Texans that? fan, that would drive me crazy. They they took a third round quarterback and then a second the next year, that would freaking drive I me could crazy. See it, I I'm not say. saying it. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying they will, but maybe they do roll with Mills. Maybe they do roll with Mills and don't and don't force a quarterback. Either way, they're going to suck. Um, yes. But they will get a lot of future draft capital. I do think they'll end up trading Deshaun Watson. And, all right, I'm going to give you the teams that we haven't talked about. And obviously, Watson could go to the Broncos. We said it. We think they're going to make a play for one of these guys. Out of the remaining teams on the list, who is the most probable to trade for a quarterback? We got the Raiders. Now, here's an interesting proposition. Raiders trade Cardi Houston, mm -hmm. get Deshaun Watson, and draft capital. Uh, I mean, I uh, used to get draft capital. That's I could see something like that. Like that would be, we talked about in the AFC West, though there's a lot of quarterback competition. Raiders may look at that as well. We have a chance to really upgrade the quarterback position and we could give them cars, a productive quarterback. We wouldn't have to give up quite as much draft capital as other teams. He could be their future starter there. Kind of like Goff went to Detroit, could be that two or three year stopgap. That's actually an interesting pairing. Do you, now, do you know? Do you know why this is this is hilarious to me for this reason? This would be the second time the Texans probably ruin a Carr brother's career. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Derek Carr going to the Texans right now is just not. It's not. I could see that go. though. I could see that. <laughs> I, yeah, it's actually not a bad idea. I could see it. I don't know what the exact trade would be. Like, how much better do these teams think Watson is than Derek Carr? Like, is it? Two extra first round picks, one extra. I mean, I, I don't know what they would do, but I could see it. It's not impossible, definitely. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's the most likely destination, but if there was going to be a quarterback for quarterback swap, I think Carr's good enough where the Texans would be willing to take less draft capital to bring him in, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to a lot of these other teams. But other destinations, and outside of that, if they don't do something like that, I would think they roll with Carr for another year. Uh, similar to the Browns, that's my guess. Maybe they do draft a quarterback, but Carr's been pretty good for them. Um, so I would think they'd roll the car, uh, other spots though. Let's get to the Eagles. I, 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 the Eagles to me are interesting. Um, obviously Hertz has had ups and downs. I think you like Hertz a little bit more than me. I, I do not think Hertz is going to be a great future quarterback in the NFL, but he has won some games. The Eagles are probably going to be going to the playoffs. They have three first round picks, however. So the Eagles are a team to me and their GM just seems to love drafting quarterbacks, no matter what. Um, they're a team to me. I think with one of those, I don't think they'll trade up for a quarterback, but I could see them drafting a quarterback with one of those three picks. If one of these quarterbacks slides like a Kenny Pickett, or, you know, we don't know, like Aaron Rodgers fell to 24. Like it's not a rich quarterback draft class. One of these, one of these quarterbacks that we think are going to be a top 10 pick are going to fall to where the Eagles are picking. Um, yeah. and, and I could definitely see the Eagles taking a quarterback with one of their three picks. I don't think they would trade up. And I definitely think they could be in play for Deshaun Watson because they certainly have the draft capital to do it. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're another team that's very aggressive. So my guess would be they're either going to draft a quarterback or try to make a play for a guy like Deshaun Watson, but they could roll with Hurts for another year. 
Yeah, that's what I think it is. If I had to guess what the most likely outcome is, is that they roll with Hurts because they do have the capital to trade for a quarterback, but I don't know if they want to do that. They they just might just test their luck another year. Like they they've proven now that they can win games with Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts limited because of his arm strength and some of the accuracy? Yeah, but they have proven that based on like this offense for Sirianni really fits Hurts well and. You know, you mentioned it. he's inconsistent versus the Giants. Hurts looked like he was a high school quarterback, but like watching the game on Tuesday night versus Washington, he looked pretty damn good. So it's like you get a lot of a, a mix of results with him. So, you know, if they go into the playoffs this year, it's going to be tough to move off him. I think they gave Hurts one more year and just see how it goes. This is really his first full season as a starter. He got like four or five starts last year. So this is technically his rookie year. So I think Hurts gets another year in Philly, but I'm not going to rule out Deshaun Watson. It's possible, but. Most likely outcome for me is probably Jalen Hurts for uh, 2022. So you think no matter you don't see them drafting a quarterback, even if they nah. say they like one and they fall to like 18, you 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 think they roll with Hurts? I think so. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think so. Yeah, and no, I I could clearly see it. I like you said they've been winning games. Um, Washington up next. Washington to me is probably. Hmm, Heineke's been solid. I don't think he's the future. I yeah, I, I know he's not the future, yeah. but the question is, is he a guy that could get, if you, you know, if Washington likes a quarterback this year, they're drafting one. Because um, some of these teams have to draft quarterbacks. So if Washington likes a quarterback this year, I think they're drafting one. And I think they'll get pretty good value, similar to when they took Haskins. I think they're going to be picking in that area of the draft. And like I said, one of these quarterbacks will trickle down. Uh, Malik Willis, uh, you know, uh, Matt Corral. Somebody is going to fold a while. I, I think they're one of the most likely teams to pick a quarterback. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to do some research. So I'm pretty sure Cam Newton was drafted in 2011. I'm pretty sure. And that was Ron Rivera's first year. And I just look at the physical tools of Malik Willis. And it's like he's not exactly Cam's level, but they kind of play a similar style. So I'm just going to make a guess right now. I say Malik Willis is a Washington football team member in April. That's my I guess. I could yeah. see it. I, I I could definitely see that. Um, I think they will draft. I don't know which one it'll be. Well, we already said we thought Pickett be going to the Steelers, so that kind of leaves you with Corral. It leaves you with Malik Willis, and who's the other um guy that I'm forgetting? There's another guy that's uh, Kenny or no? Who? Kenny Pickett. Oh no, we said Pickett. Pickett's going to the oh. Steelers. Mm-hmm. You got Malik Willis. You got Matt Corral. I feel like there's a fourth. There probably is. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I can't remember the top man. So we'll say Willis goes to the um, Washington. They draft either way. They draft a quarterback. I, I I'm in agreement with you on that. Yeah. Lions could draft a second round quarterback, but they're picking really early in a weaker quarterback draft class. They still have Gop under contract um, for another year where they can't cut him. They could cut him the following year. I don't think they take a quarterback. Not with their first pick. Maybe in the second round. Um, their first pick. And they're certainly not in a place to uh, – to um, well, they could trade down. They could trade down, but I don't see a team wanting to trade up to that spot. So I think the Lions are probably going to stay where they are. They seem like a nuts and bolts team. And when I say that, I mean like a team that is really focused on the trenches. Like that just seems to be the type of guy Dan Campbell is. Um, this past year, obviously, they took Penny Sewell. So I, I think the Lions will probably think line – um, if I had to guess, maybe a guy like Evan Neal, maybe they go for an edge rusher. They could certainly use that as well. Um, Thibodeau and, you know, uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson. That's where I have them going. I, I think they probably roll it back with Goff for another year. Is Carson Strong the name you were thinking of or no? In the second round, perhaps. I think Carson Strong to me is probably got – I think he definitely has the strong – probably has the strongest arm 
in this draft class, but a lot of people seem to feel like he has question marks. I think there was another guy I was thinking of, but Carson Strong is probably in the top five or so. Oh, you got the guy from uh, North Carolina. Yeah, Howell, Sam Howell. Yeah, Sam Howell. He was supposed yeah. to be going in. He kind of fell back to the pack, but there's another name. Um, I, I, think, yeah, I don't I think, think the Lions will draft a quarterback that early. Yeah, I'm with. I'm kind of with you. I think the Lions are a good – they're a possible team for like a second-round quarterback. I could see that because I think Goff has shown enough where it's like this guy doesn't completely suck and we've been competitive with him, so let's just roll it out for one more year, improve the roster in front of him, and like let's let's see what he does because obviously this guy had some – you know, had two terrific seasons with the Rams uh, stats-wise. He may not be the best quarterback. He was in an awesome situation, but – Maybe the Lions think they can mimic that. I have no idea, but I could see this team taking a second or third round quarterback. And in, in 2022, halfway through, if Goff's not playing well, they put in that rookie quarterback and just see what happens. So that's yeah. probably what I think is going to happen. I agree with you. I think, I think maybe a guy like Carson Strong ends up there in the second round, in the third yeah. round. I think Goff will start as, as the starter regardless. And if that guy's not good, you could still draft the quarterback in the first round the following year. There's no financial commitment to a second round quarterback. So I think that's what they'll do. And that's what I expect them to do. The Seahawks, the Falcons, and the Panthers we've got up, the last three teams. Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. I don't know Sam Dar- I don't. I, I think Darnold's done after this year, right? This was his – no, next year he's got the – No, next year, team. yeah. Mm-hmm. He might be back, Darnold, which is odd. He has like an $18 million cap hit. The dead cap hit's the same number. He so might be back, like, but I, they could still take a quarterback. They could, yeah. They um, could still take a quarterback. They go either way for me. I, I could see them drafting a quarterback, but at the same time, Rule gave up a decent amount of draft capital to bring Darnold in. And, and we know that Rule likes Darnold. They may be in a similar situation to the Giants where they bring in like a good backup, where it's like, mm-hmm. let's get Tyrod Taylor because if Darnold ain't getting the job done, at least we could bring in a guy. We have a lot of good weapons on this offense, and he could probably still do something similar to what Bridgewater's doing in Denver and still keep us fairly competitive. The Falcons... I think take a quarterback. I think the Falcons draft a quarterback. Um, it'll probably depend on where they're picking, but it looks like they're going to be in like that 10 to 15 area. So they'll get fairly good value similar to Washington. I think they're in the right spot in this draft and clearly need a future quarterback to replace Matt Ryan. And I don't really think kind of like the Giants where they're a crappy team, so they're not really in the place where they should feel that if they trade for like one of these high-end quarterbacks that they could compete for a Super Bowl. I think they need to retool. They need to get a younger quarterback. I think they're one of the most logical places to draft a quarterback. So I'll have them taking um, Matt Corral. I'll go Matt Corral. Matt replaces Matt. Matt Corral goes to Atlanta. (laughs) And then Seattle, I think they're going to look to trade Russ. I do. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I'm going to say that Russ stays with Seattle. I know that we said that before we started that you think that too. I think they explore the market. But when push comes to shove, I'll say that Russ stays in Seattle. I'm with you. Yeah, as much as I want to see him in Giants blue, I don't think it's happening. Um, For the Falcons, they're interesting. I, I think, you know, I don't know if a draft pick will happen because their pick is not going to be crazy high. They're like six and eight right now. They might win a couple more games here to close it out. Um, Honestly, I think Atlanta's – I think Deshaun Watson's a sleeper here, but I think something that could happen, which maybe I'm crazy for thinking this – is Jordan Love. I think that's possible. I was this just going to bring him up. I had him on my <laughs> list. This, I, this I actually be think the... Jordan Love's a good option for the Giants. Mm. Um, yeah. I, you know, because I don't think you'd have to give up a ton to get him um, as, as like a guy that could at least push Daniel Jones and a guy with some upside. But that's a good one because I do think Green Bay is going to stick with Rodgers and I think, Ro- think Rodgers is going to pull a Brady in the sense that he's going to force them to trade the backup. 
And I think I, I do think Love will end up on one of these teams. So I could see that. How much like if like how much do you think the Packers will ask for for Love though? That's that's my concern. Third round pick. I don't think yeah. you're gonna get much more than that. Damn, they basically lost two rounds on that pick. That's terrible. <laughs> Maybe a second round. They did, but at the same time, it's like, eh, it paid off. Like, like Rodgers, eh, we have we have Rogers playing at an MVP level. It's it's yeah. Right. Maybe that we'll was like it. a fire that Rogers needed, right? I, mm -hmm. I, me personally, I always thought that Rogers was still incredible. It's just that it was his first year in the Lafleur scheme, and that's why he was kind of a little bit rocky in that first year. I think the Packers clearly misjudged it, and they tried to do you know what they did with with Favre. Now it worked with Favre. Favre was still great, but Rogers obviously ended up becoming this immortal quarterback. But Rodgers has elevated his game to like an, another level, um, you know, since, since you know, a, after that trade. So it kind of backfired. Probably should have drafted a wide receiver or somebody that could have helped Rodgers with that pick. Um, but you got the two-time defending MVP, or at least the way it looks like right now, the way he's playing. So it kind of worked out. But, yeah, I, I do think they'll trade Love. And, and he could be a quarterback that ends up on one of these teams potentially starting. Another guy we didn't – I think I don't know if we mentioned. Huntley's another guy. That a lot of people brought up could be traded. You could get decent draft compensation there. Clearly not going to be the long-term starter with the Ravens. He's looked solid. Garoppolo's another guy. You'd have to take on a $27 million salary, though, for one year. Bridgewater's another potential starter that could step in. Maybe a guy like Nick Foles, Tyrod Taylor. Those guys are more guys that I think will compete and mentor rookies. But, um, yeah, interesting discussion, Mike. It, I, that, that was fun, man. That was a good topic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of things that will go on here. And once these moves actually happen, I'm sure we'll talk about these on the podcast when they do happen. Um, I didn't touch on Carolina much. I mean, Sam Darnold probably is their guy, I think. Right. I mean, you trade all that, you know, two, four and a six to get him. And it started out well the first three games. And then we know what happened. And maybe he was playing injured. I have no idea. But um, I could see them bringing in competition. Like, what if they trade for uh, Garner Minshew? I could see something like that going down, just bringing a guy who's like kind of you know, comparable to Darnold. And obviously Cam Newton does not have much left. The guy can't really throw anymore. I feel bad for him at this point, but uh, that's not the future. So I think it's Darnold plus pretty good backup. That's my So answer. like the Giants, same thing. Yeah, basically. Darnold plus good backup, Darnold plus good backup. It's funny. I wanted, to, oh, I wanted to say this to you. Um, you were talking about the Packers. I don't know if it's just me, and I don't know if this guy will even like last a season anymore, but I think Sterling Shepard would be perfect for the Packers. I really think that. Oh, he'd be great. Like I, a, younger, I, I, a younger Randall Cobb, basically, who's not watching. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody. I think we'd be great with Rodgers, but he, yeah, he, 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 <laughs> he would be great there. Um, problem is, he may not even be able to play next year because he yeah. got that ACL tear so late in the season. Mm -hmm. Um, Achilles yeah. tear. It's even worse. Yeah, Achilles. I meant Achilles tear. Yeah. That's what I meant. So, good chance he doesn't play next year. But yes, that would be that would be a great spot for Shepard. Um, and Rogers. I didn't ask you this. Do, do you think this is Shepard's last year as a Giant? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't even think it's a debate. And I love Shep. Um, he's such an easy guy to root for. So tough, man. Such a nice guy. Heartbroken. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't even really see an avenue where the Giants should bring him back next year. I, I hate to say that, but I think they got to cut bait, save that $4.5 million. Yeah, I'm with you. It's sad. Yeah, I like him, but, uh, you know, it's a business, and you got to make these decisions, and the Giants don't have much money, so they got to do what they got to do. He's not going to play next year, so I, I, mean, I just yeah. – I, I just don't see it. Um, I hate to say it, but I I even thought it was possible they cut him if he didn't get hurt this year. So this just makes it like an obvious yeah. choice for me if I was the GM. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's cold-blooded, but it's a business. Um, but, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. We'll, we'll be doing this next week. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully 
Ah, maybe we'll start doing this twice a week in the future. We'll see. I just want to have enough stuff to talk about. But this is a long podcast. Went an hour and 10 minutes. Good conversation. The quarterback carousel was a lot of fun. We had a ton to talk about with the Giants. Um, but Mike, man, it's so much fun, man. Looking forward to doing this next week and great talking some uh, football with you. Definitely. I just hope, uh, you know, I'm wishing um, everyone stays healthy during this holiday season. It's it's crazy out here right now. Definitely. So, you know, yeah, man, that, that freaking rate went like, like oh, triple man. in like the last yeah. like two weeks. Even at work, it's nuts. Everything, yeah, it's it's crazy. So anyway, hopefully everyone stays healthy, enjoys the holidays, and hopefully 2022 is our year for the Giants, but we'll find we out. We forgot, by the way, and yes, of course, everybody have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, yada, yada. We forgot to, to – to, we, we got to say it at the beginning of the podcast next time because most people probably aren't listening this long. <laughs> we want to do, um, like, mailbag or um, – Yes. We, we want to get interactive with people on Twitter where um, you guys ask us some questions and it kind of steers the narrative of part of our conversation, so – We'll, we'll have to get that up and running, maybe if not next podcast, the podcast after. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think it'd be a good uh, piece to implicate for this uh, for this podcast and not a bad idea. I think, you know, sometimes because when we do like live stream together, a lot of the questions just pretty much facilitate where we go and it just carries on a long conversation. So definitely the fan questions would be nice. All right, guys, be good. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Have a good one, guys. Have a Merry Christmas. See you guys.